0: Thank you for joining me in this webcast of Dynamic Web Church. I do believe that Dynamic Web Church is there to bring the message of God's grace to you, to see you established in the message of God's unconditional love, so that you can minister the gospel from a perspective of dignity and worth in your heart. What an honor for me to come to your house today, where we can congregate around the Word of God all over the world through the web. God wants you to be established in His goodness. God wants you to know how much He loves you and how much He cares for you. Now, before we get into the Word, we're just going to pray together and we're just going to get our minds into the perspective that says, we're not going to read the Word of God to see what we must do for God. We're going to read the Word of God to see what God has done for us. Isn't that awesome? God has done great things for us and there's so much that we can see in what he's done for us that we will spend time and eternity to really discover all the things that he's freely given unto us. So many times I've spoken to people and I preach the message of God's love and they say, Yes, Bethany, we hear the message of God's love. It's a good message. It's an encouraging message, but we need to move on to deeper stuff. Now, there is no end to the depth of the love of God. And that's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, that we might understand how high, how wide and how deep the love of Christ is. So many times we think that the love of God is just a shallow teaching and it's a teaching for babes. Now, the love of God is not a teaching for babes. It's called the mature teaching, the deeper teaching of the gospel. It is really touching the heart, the very depths of who God is. And the law, what you must do in order to get a breakthrough. Those type of teachings, that's called, um, it's called milk. It's not the deep teaching of the kingdom of God. The more we can get into the love of God, the more we will become like God and we will function out of love. So when we pray, settle this in your mind. We're going to read the Bible from the perspective of what God has done for us. And we're going to discover so much more. Of what Jesus has done for us. Let's just pray together. Father thank you that I can just. Bring your word of unconditional love. To people all over the world today. What an honor. To preach this gospel. I thank you my God. That you bring. The depths of what Jesus has done to people. Through what I preach today. Holy Spirit speak through me. I thank you that you encourage people. I thank you that you bring a change of life. A change of mind, repentance in the mind to people's hearts today. They will see how much you love them, how much you care for them, and who they are in you. So they they can walk in that goodness that you've given them. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, um, before we get into the Word, I just want to share a little bit of the statistics that we've received for the last month on our website. Now, We've um, the website's been running now for 32 or 33 days officially, and in this in the last 30 days we've had 4,048 visits to our site, which is awesome to me to think that more than 4,000 people clicked on that website and people went into the site. They've downloaded a lot of material. We've had about 15 gigabyte of download in one month now. It might sound small, maybe compared to some other sites. I don't know what their statistics are. I'm just very blessed with what God has done and how people were impacted. We had visits from 86 countries all over the world. So I am so blessed to know that the, the message of grace is truly going out all over the world. And I've just spoken to one of my friends over the phone and the vision is to have a proper television station. and We can minister this message of grace to people worldwide. Imagine you can click on a television station, you'll find one preacher after another preacher, and one program after another program, all based upon the grace and the unconditional love of God with a focus on what God has done for you, with a focus on the gospel and the cross and not what you must do for God. Man, it's a big thing if you have got a mentality that says the gospel is about how much I must love God. The gospel is about how much I must love my neighbor. That type of a mentality will really twist your understanding of the scripture that you will never see the message of grace. The message of grace is such a powerful message it will just produce so much peace and power in the world today. We can read that in Galatians chapter 5 and I'm going to get into that quickly. It says here that um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there's no law. Now the spirit, when you're in the spirit, it's when you're in the message of God's grace. When you're in the flesh, it's when you're in the message that says, by what I do, I must please God. I must please God through my works. You know, this week I've been studying the book of Corinthians, and man, I've just received such an awesome revelation. There's a scripture in the Bible that says everybody must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That speaks of Christians, non-Christians, everybody must stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you will see that uh, Paul says, Because everybody must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, therefore I'm of this mind, that if Christ died for all, then all are dead, and if He's resurrected, then we can be resurrected with Him, and it all happened on behalf of man. And that we've received the ministration of reconciliation where God will not impute our trespasses to us. So because everybody is going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ, therefore we need to accept Jesus so that when we stand before God, we will find that He will not impute our trespasses against us. So I'm not afraid of judgment. I'm not afraid of the end time judgment or whatever you want to call it. I can stand before God and even if I had trespasses, it will not be imputed unto me, because I have believed in Jesus Christ. And God has reconciled the world unto himself through Jesus. Man, that is powerful. Now if, I, if you've just heard that, that's almost enough for the day. You can go and meditate upon that. That is life changing. It will produce peace. It will take away all fear. The Bible says that we are not walking in fear because we are of this mind that as He is in heaven, so are we in this world. And um, therefore we are, we are not afraid in the day of judgment. We can read that in First John chapter 4. <clears throat> Let's just go there quickly. And I just say this for free. This is just as an introduction to the message because somebody might just click on this and they're just going to stay on for three or four minutes. So we want to just get that good news to people right now. First um, John chapter 4. And verse 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear has torment. He that um, fear is not made perfect in love. So perfect love casts out all fear. Verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. So as he is, so are we in this world. How is he? He is justified. He's righteous, He's holy. When we believe in Him, we are like Him. Therefore, we've got no fear in the day of judgment. Nothing. We are not afraid. Even if we are judged according to our works. It's wonderful. Because um, I can be judged according to my works. Because every bad work that I've done, that sin will not be imputed unto me because of Jesus. Man, isn't that wonderful? That is so liberating, it sets people free. You know, we need to know that God is on our side. God's not against us. God is not there to uh, have this the, the dreaded video of your whole life play in front of your face and in front of everybody to just humiliate you in front of all of heaven because of all the wrong things you've done. I mean, if God just exposes all your sinful deeds in front of all the world, everything, every bad thought you've had and every bad thing you've done in secret in front of all of heaven, how will that um, advance who He is? That's that's got nothing to do with the love of God. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. So if we can realize that God covered your sin in the blood of Jesus Christ, you will be set free, you will be liberated, you will just experience so much of His unconditional love that you will find that the sin you busy with, you are delivered from. Now I just said to somebody today (coughs) that um, the only change that's lasting in the life of any person is effortless change. If you must change by effort, it will only last as long as what you put in effort. And then you will find once you become tired, the old you starts to rise again. But when you get to a place where the grace of God brings forth a change in your life, which, when it's effortless, when you don't try to have patience, but when you study the Word of God, you find gratitude coming into your heart because of what is freely given unto you. And then all of a sudden you find, man, I am... More patient than ever in my life. I'm finding patience in my heart. I'm finding I am patient. I'm not trying to be patient. I am patient. Now, that is the only true change that, that will last. If it's God that has done it. If it is a fruit of the work of God. And that's what we've read in Galatians. It says there clearly. It's so clear. It's so easy to understand. That by the works of the flesh, we'll find adultery and all those types of sins. And the works of the flesh is you trying to be justified by what you do before God. And by the, being in the spirit, by being in the message of God's grace, you will find long-suffering, patience, love, and all those wonderful things coming to your life. You know, when Paul was preaching the gospel and the reason why they eventually killed Paul was because he was of this mind. We can go to the Gentiles and we can just tell them that they need to believe in Jesus without even presenting the law to them in any way. Without even presenting the Ten Commandments. Without presenting any part of the law. By telling them what Jesus has done for them and then receiving that message, believing it and receiving the Holy Spirit, and then the Spirit of God will write the law of God. And it's not the Ten Commandments. I want to use another word there. It will write the nature of God. On their hearts. And as the nature of God is written on their hearts. They will have a holy life. Now I tell you even the Christians of those days. The Jewish Christians. Wanted to kill Paul for preaching such a message. Because how can you go to the Gentiles. Without even presenting the Old Testament law to them. And only presenting the message of grace. Man that's what Paul preached. And that's what changed the lives of the Gentiles. That's what brought life to them. Amen. And that's, through that path is how the gospel message came to us. Hallelujah. Man, isn't that so awesome? Now, I want us to go to um, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to speak a little bit about finances. And um, I want you to know, if you've got a financial problem, God loves you and God cares for you and He has provided for you upon the cross concerning your finances. Never go and say, you know, God, you've provided for me uh, for my salvation, you've provided for my health, you've provided for every area of my life, but finances, I need to tithe, sow and reap, and work principles in order to be blessed. There's nothing further from the truth. It dumps us in guilt and condemnation. And I, you know, I, I don't, what I'm going to say now, I don't say in condemnation towards other men of God. I do believe that there are many people that preach from a heart of sincerity. They are sincere in what they do. Um, so I don't want to judge them and say they're going to go to hell. God's not going to bless them. God hates them and the false teachers and all of that. That's not my heart. That I'm not an against preacher. I'm for the message of God's grace and God's goodness. But what happens is, many people take up offerings and preach tithing and the, all, all that happens is, People are manipulated through the message of grace. I mean the message of the law. Instead of them receiving the message of grace whereby they can freely give. Uh, You know when you use the tithe message that says if you don't tithe then the heavens are closed above your head. God cannot bless you. You are actually using fear in the hearts of people. That thing is fear driven. It's all about fearful giving and not cheerful giving. We, we pay our tithes to protect our future. We pay our tithes so that God can bless us in the future. And if we don't pay today, tomorrow, my children might suffer. They might even die in a car accident because the protect, protection of God has left us because we haven't paid our tithes. Do you think for one moment that God will base His whole protection, His love, everything towards you on your ability to give money to men of God? He will never do that. That is not his, his way of doing. That's, not, that's foolishness. That's building skyscrapers in mud puddles. You cannot build the whole fu- uh, 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 salvation message and what Jesus Christ has done and then base it and put it on a foundation which is your works and your obedience to the Old Testament tithing principles. It is foolishness because God's kingdom will never stand. It will never, it it will fall, it would have been, man, it wouldn't have been even existing today. You know, so many people say badly, but God is not interested in doctrines. And I say, well, that's the truth. That's why He stays with the doctrine of grace. Because if He was interested in doctrines, He might have changed His mind. Because, but, because God is not interested in people's doctrines, and He stays in the message of grace, that's why He still blesses people, even if they preach something that is not the truth. So God's love flows not from what they do, it flows from who he is. So God's provision towards people is on the basis of God's grace. But how much more if we can believe the message of grace when it comes to our finances? So if you are dumped into some financial stress, um, you are even if you are not, you are just blessed and prosperous. I want to know, want you to know this: that you can maintain your prosperity by what Jesus has freely given unto you. Hallelujah. You can maintain it by the message of God's grace. So let's just read from Galatians chapter 6. It says, Let him that is taught in word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Now what he basically says here is like what we are doing here today. And that's the way Dynamic Web Church functions and where Dynamic Web Church will get its finances. At the moment, it's running on the finances of Dynamic Love Ministries. It doesn't have its own um, money. Uh, but I believe within uh, the next couple of weeks, the donate button will work and Dynamic Web Church will get its own money and will start to function on this basis and this principle that Paul has placed here. It says, Let him that is taught in word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. So, uh, if you get your spiritual food, if you want to put it that way, it's just spiritual talk. If you are blessed by this and you believe this is good news for you and you're part of this church, I mean, we will take up finances every session and you can give via credit card towards this ministry. And that is what Paul says. He says, Let him that is taught in word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. That means uh, that they must take the word, apply the word and give towards that creature or that ministry. Now, I don't have any problem with that. But where the problem comes in is with verse 7 and 8. It says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sow, that he will also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You know, so many people get confused when it comes there and connects those two scriptures to the law. And what they say is, if you give to the man of God, then in the measure that you give, you will find God blessing that person, because God is not mocked, If you sow, you will reap. And then they see the sowing as giving to the kingdom of God. And that is not the truth. It's not what that scripture is really saying. Now, um, if you give to Dynamic Web Church, please don't say, well, I'm going to reap a hundredfold now. It's not going to work like that. You're going to reap in accordance to the giving of Jesus Christ on your behalf. That's how you're going to reap. You're going to reap from the treasure that's laid up for you in heaven by the glory of God. You're going to reap according to your faith in the message of God's grace and in accordance to His goodness towards you. And I can read that to you in Philippians. Let me just read it quickly. Ephesians, sorry. Philippians chapter um, 4 and verse 19. It says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You're not going to reap according to your riches that came by your sowing and reaping. It doesn't work like that. Now, I don't say that we, um, you don't need to give money. When you give, it is an act of the generosity and the nature of God that's in your heart because of a revelation that you know that your needs are met forever in Jesus Christ And that you want to see the message of grace expand all over the world and people's lives being impacted by this message of grace. That's why we give. And the reason why we give is because the people that are teaching us the word of God has left their jobs, they've left their homes, they've left a lot of things that brought income towards them um, for the spreading of the gospel. It's like with me, I've left things in order to minister this word towards people all over the world. And then people give towards this ministry so that we can continue to do this and that we can live. It's as simple as that. There's nothing spooky or spiritual about it. It's simply giving. The money you give is not going to heaven. It goes to Dynamic Ministries bank account. That's where where it goes. And then we draw that money and we use it to buy fuel and airtime and, uh, I mean, web space and all of those type of things. That's what we use it for. So it doesn't go into heaven, but what is in heaven is the riches of Christ's grace and His mercy by which God meets your needs and by which God just supernaturally brings things over your path like business deals or an increase in your salary or whatever. I mean... That's the basis from where we receive. We receive from the foundation that says, He was rich, he became poor, so that we through his poverty might be made rich. And If you don't know that scripture by now, it's 2 Corinthians 8 verses 9. A very powerful scripture when it comes to finances. Now let's just get back into Galatians quickly. It says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sow, that also will he reap. For if he sows to his flesh... He shall of the flesh reap corruption. Now, what he says here is, if you don't give yourself for the man of God, or, let me put it this way, for the message of grace, which the man of God preaches, if you don't do that, you will be in trouble, because you will give yourself for the message of the law, which is the flesh. And we can read that in Galatians chapter 3. It says here, (coughs) O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, receive you the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are now made perfect by the flesh? Now let's explain this. He says, You Galatians, you started out by faith, which is in the Spirit. Do you want to be perfected now by the works of the law or the flesh? So, the flesh is called the works of the law. Now, what he's actually saying here is, when you give to the man of God, or I don't want to even say the man of God, when you give to the preacher, because this man of God thing has also been actually not right. Um, When you give to the preacher, you give from the perspective of grace. You don't give from the perspective of working a principle and a spiritual law. Because he says here, if you give to the preacher... Don't give according to the flesh or the works of the law or some law. Don't give according to the law of sowing and reaping because then from that you will reap corruption. But if you give to any preacher, give from the perspective of God's unconditional love and His grace and out of that you will experience everlasting life. There's only two things you can reap according to that scripture. That is death or everlasting life. It doesn't speak about cars, it doesn't speak about airplanes, sorry for that, doesn't speak about airplanes, or anything. It speaks about God's unconditional love, mercy, and grace. Hallelujah. Now, let's, um, yeah, let's just pray about this, because I do believe that if we can get our hearts established in this good news, we will be set free when it comes to our finances. Let's not be, Law-based. You know, there's so many channels these days that preach and say, you know, there are some spiritual laws by which we govern, by which God governs finances. Now, I do believe there's some spiritual law. It's There's only one. It's called the law of life in Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? The law of life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so, so good. Now, let's just pray together. I believe that God is just going to touch you in your finances is going to touch you and bless you when it comes to the message of God's grace in money. Father, I thank you for your unconditional love. I thank you that you just bless people right now. Give them a revelation of what you've done for them financially. And as they decide to give towards this ministry, I thank you that they are already blessed. Even if they don't give to this ministry, they are already blessed. We want people to be established in your message of grace. And we know that we receive from your unconditional love. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, my God. Thank you for your grace. People are set free from poverty. They are blessed by your unconditional love. They are touched by your mercy and they know that you provide for them because you're a loving Father. Hallelujah. And as I minister your word today, your message of grace, I thank that people will be touched by that and that they will be impacted and that they will be established in your word of love for them. Amen. Well, we're going to just go to um, Romans chapter 5. And we're just going to pick it up where we left it off last Sunday. And uh, as we get into this, speaking on the love of God, the grace of God, God's unconditional love, man, you will just find God's love just filling your heart and you just becoming so full of His message of grace. Amen it says in um, verse 5, we are talking about the love of God. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So it says that the hope we have, the confident expectation that we have of good things to come, is based on the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts. And we touched it in the previous session, I'm going to talk about it again today, is that so many people don't have the love of God shed abroad in their hearts but they've got the message of the law shed abroad in their hearts. And because they quote the name of Jesus over that, they think it's the message of grace. It's not the truth. You know, because we just call the name of Jesus over something, it doesn't mean it's the message of grace. If I preach tithing, for instance, and I just say, you, and then at the end I just pray in the name of Jesus, you know what I've done? I've preached the message of death bringing condemnation over the lives of people and then all I did was I quote the name of Jesus at the back and then we think it's New Testament. It's not New Testament. The New Testament is based on a certain principle and everything needs to function from the basis of that principle. And this is the principle. One man sinned and through the sin of one man death entered the world. And through the diso- That is the sin of one. Through the disobedience of one, many were made sinners. But through the obedience of one, Jesus Christ, many are made righteous. If you want to preach on finances, use that scripture. If you want to preach on uh, marital things, use use that scripture. If you want to preach on healing, use that perspective. Because that is the perspective from which the New Testament, the New Covenant is based. So, um, we need to realize that the message of the love of God needs to be shed abroad in our hearts. And that message of love is the message of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Now I've heard people, and I think I've said in the previous session, they preach on the love of God, then they tell people how much they must love their neighbor. Now that's not the message of the love of God. That's the message of loving your neighbor. When we talk about the love of God, we talk about the love that God has for us, and the manifestation of His unconditional love. Now the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 verse 9, it's very simple, very easy, herein was the love of God manifested, that He gave His Son as the propitiation for our sins, so that we might live through His Son, and not the works of the law. Hallelujah! So if you've got the love of God shed abroad in your heart, your whole belief system has changed, and the... The platform from where you function is the platform that says, I live through Christ and I don't live through my own works anymore. Now, hope makers not ashamed for this love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. Now, what is the heart of a man? The Bible says with a heart you believe unto righteousness. So your heart is your belief machine. if We want to call it that way. It's, it's the, the thing you believe with, your belief system, your Framework of mind when it comes to God. Now, many people has got this framework of mind when it comes to God. We believe in Jesus Christ and receive salvation. And when we've received our salvation, we maintain our salvation on the basis of what we do for God. That's not the truth. That's not what God has got for you. God will never base... His precious work on your ability to obey commandments. Whenever the Bible speaks of obedience, He does not speak of obedience according to the law. He speaks of obedience according to the message of grace. So if you walk in obedience to the commandment of God, you obey this commandment to believe on Him. That's the commandment of God. The commandment of God in Jesus Christ is very simple obey Jesus by believing on what He said, and then out of that, you will find love in your heart, and then you, that love just flows forth to people. Hallelujah! Isn't that awesome? That is the message of God's unconditional love. Hallelujah! So, open your heart for that love. That's the love that He gives you. That's the love that He manifests towards you. The love is, He's forgiven you. So, let that message of forgiveness, let the message of grace, Let the measure of what He's done on your behalf flood your belief system. When it floods your belief system, you'll find no fear and you'll find the hope that you have, the confident expectation of good things really happening and manifesting. And you'll find, I'm just confident this good thing is going to happen. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? That is what the Bible speaks of and that's what this scripture says. Let me, let's read it again. And hope makers not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Not because my love for the neighbor has been shed abroad in my heart. Not because my obligation towards giving has been shed abroad in my heart. Not because of Um, my commitment, the message of commitment, is shed abroad in my heart. No, it's because of God's unconditional love, because of how much God loves you, has been shed abroad in your heart. And what I like that word shed abroad, it means to be shed in every area of my heart. Not just in one area when it comes to salvation, but in every area of our hearts. Man, isn't that awesome? That's what God has given unto us, and that is what brings stability in your walk with Jesus Christ. You don't have stability in your walk with Jesus Christ if your salvation is based on your works. And I can't understand why so many people today will fight against the message of grace and say, No, but, and then they'll quote scripture of judgment, quote scripture of fear. You don't have to be afraid. You know, it's like the one man said to me, he said to me, Bertie, I want you to read a book on deception. Thinking that I'm deceived preaching the message of grace. How can you be deceived if you preach the cross of Jesus Christ? It's impossible. How can you be deceived if you say everything is based on the finished work of Jesus and not what we must do for God? Anything else is deception. We can come to a place where we say, man, the message of God's grace is so much shed abroad in my heart, I've got no place for anything else. Hallelujah. We don't have place for anything else. We've only got place for the message of God's grace. Hallelujah. So open your heart for the message of only having grace. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Now, I want us to go to um, 1 John chapter 4. Now let's just continue with that scripture. There, there's some beautiful stuff. I thought I was first going to do First John, but let's just get into this further. It says, here, um verse five, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man, uh, verse seven, for, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure adventure, for a good man, will someone even dare to die? Now listen to this. It says, "Scarcely will somebody die for a righteous man. For adventure, maybe somebody will even die for a good man. But God commended His love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us." Man, isn't that awesome? Now, what is His death? bring. His death says that we are forgiven. Now so many people say I will do a good thing and bless somebody that is good. But Jesus says God says I bless the sinners. That's what that scripture says. But God commanded His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood we shall be saved from the wrath to come. So, we are not justified because we lived right. We are not justified because we don't sin. We are justified because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are justified because of what He has done. Amen. Now, I come before God justified because of Jesus. Not justified because of my works. Not justified because of my My, uh, um, uh, how can I say, my effort towards the gospel, I am justified because of his unconditional love towards me. And his unconditional love was commanded towards me because he showed his love from the perspective of he dies for the sinner so that he can justify the sinner. Now I just want to say this, if you see any uh, insects flying here, man, it's rained so much And we've got a lot of these insects everywhere and we will not be able to stop that right now. So, right, let's continue. The The love of God has been shown towards us in the fact that Jesus died for the sinner and that he justifies the ungodly. That's the love of God. You might say, but that is just too much. I cannot believe that. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 4. What shall we say then, that Abraham our father, as pertained to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he would he has whereof to glory, but not before God. For what says the scripture, Abraham believed God and was counted in for righteousness. Now to him that works not, is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Let's read it again. But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the sinners. Now let me put it in other words, that calls the sinners righteous because of the blood of Jesus. Man, that is such a profound thing. It is something that shakes religion to its core. God calling sinners righteous because of the blood of Jesus. And that happens the moment they believe on Jesus. So the moment you believe, then you are called righteous by the blood of Jesus. And there's a false doctrine in the church today. that says, if you believe on Jesus and then repent of all your sins and never do them again, then God will call you righteous. Wherefore did Jesus die if that's the truth? Then He's wasted His blood because in the old covenant, it was the same. If you would repent of all your sins and never do it again, you will also be called righteous because you live a righteous and holy life. You are not justified because you do good. You are justified because of the blood of Jesus and that's called the that's called the love of God. That's what it says in Romans chapter 7 here. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commands His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, He died your death. While you were a sinner. Not while you um, repented and while you've done everything right. So many times we want to just change this message of grace to a simple watered down law message that brings so much death and frustration into the church. Church, I want to encourage you. Don't believe that the message of grace is based on your works. Here it says that scarcely for a righteous man will anybody die. For adventure for a good man would somebody dare to die. But what we hear these days in the church is that Christ dies for those and He paid the sin of those who do everything right. Now people don't preach it that way but that's what is implied. That's what's being portrayed. Your sins are forgiven and you are the blessed of God if you really try hard and never try to sin again. That's a lot of rubbish. It's not the truth. That's the message that's killed me. It's the message that's killed... Friends that I've got, that's the message that brought so much condemnation and death into the lives of people. And I'm not for a message of sin, you must go and sin, this is a license to sin. It's not a license to sin, this is the only thing that will produce power to make you holy. I studied the book of Corinthians when it speaks about the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is what people think they need to do in order to be blessed or in order to have the best life there is or what we will call in the Christian world um, what we will call in the Christian world is salvation no the wisdom of this world is called foolishness when it comes to the things of God it's foolish to think that by your works you justify it's foolishness God thinks it's foolishness Paul thought it's foolishness the, uh, everybody that ever believed grace calls that foolishness hallelujah And I call that foolishness today. It's foolish to think that you're going to be blessed and prospered by what you do for God. You have been justified and the love of God has been commanded towards us in that while you were a sinner, Christ died for us, much more than being now justified by His blood. We are justified and we are the blessed of God by His blood. Amen. Not by our works, but by His blood. Amen. You stand righteous before God by His blood, free from your works. Amen. Now that is something that is so simple. I know I repeat this over and over and you might say, I've heard you now. Now if you've heard this and you've really heard this, you will say, say it again please. (laughs) Hallelujah Now I want to say it again We are justified by the works of Jesus Christ We are justified by His unconditional love We are justified by His mercy His goodness And His grace Amen Hallelujah Now I'm going to read one scripture More And I want to go to Ephesians chapter um, Ephesians chapter 3 speaking of this love of God, now that we know that the love of God is not just an emotional feeling, but the love of God is what God has done for us. Now if we have got the love of God in our hearts and shed abroad in our hearts, we will be sure of the blessings to come. Amen. We will be sure. We'll have peace. We'll have confidence. We will not, will it happen? Oh God, what have I done wrong? It doesn't matter what you've done wrong. You are justified by His blood. Justified, the, the layman's definition of justification is just as if I have never sinned and as if I was obedient and then blessed because of that. Let me say it again. It's just as if I have never sinned and blessed according to me never having sinned. Man, isn't that awesome? That is the goodness of God. That is the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. He says here, this is a prayer that Paul prays over the Ephesian church. He says, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, listen, When you got saved, you were already rooted and grounded in the love of God. But we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, that's an awesome scripture. You can go and read it again after this this broadcast. You can go and read it again. It says here, I pray that you being rooted and grounded in the love of God. Many people say the love of God is you being you getting saved. Now we are rooted and grounded in the love of God. The fact that we've given our life to Jesus or He's given His life to us and we are now saved. Now he says, he says that we might be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ. You know, so many people say we are established in the love of Christ when we get born again and then we need to grow in the length and the breadth and the depth of our commitment to the gospel of Jesus. What a lot of nonsense and what a watered down gospel, powerless, death-producing message. The only thing that will ever produce life is the message of God's unconditional love. Hallelujah. You know, I was speaking to my friend, I said, imagine a TV station with preachers Where not one ever preaches the message of do's and don'ts, but preaches grace. What a power producing channel. I tell you, I'll be stuck to that channel. I'll put my television on there and I'll never take it off. Because it is so awesome. Not that I say we must do that now. But the vision that I have is to have a TV channel that broadcasts all over the world this message of grace, man. People need to hear this grace. They need to be established in this grace. They need to understand this grace. Hallelujah. How can we hear one message of grace for half an hour and then almost 23 hours of condemnation and law and all types of messages that says you are now established in the love of God if you get born again, but now you must know the the length, the depth and the height of your financial contribution towards the church, to get the church to grow and your commitment. And if you don't do it... the, the what a blasphemy to say that if you don't give money to the church, then then the, the heavens are closed over you. What a blasphemy towards Christ and His work of the cross. And I, will, I, I want to get even emotional about this, because it just waters down the message of the cross so much that people cannot walk in the liberty that Christ has given them, and they will never have the freedom that Christ has given them and they will never know what it is to have true peace, joy, uh, life, long-suffering, patience, kindness, faith and the fruit of the Spirit in their life because they are being robbed because of the message of death. Man, God has got life for you. He's into life. He's not into what you must do for the kingdom. He's into what He's going to do in you and how the kingdom is going to manifest through you. Now, let, let's read this again. Paul's prayer is that God will help us, that we might understand, that we may comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, breadth, the length, the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, I've heard people preach this, that, um, that breadth, length, depth and height does not speak of the love of God, but it speaks of, of the dimensions of the temple. That is really not the truth. It's uh, somebody that wants to have some phony revelation that wants to prove himself somewhere, I think. Um, This scripture speaks of the love of God. If you can understand how high, how wide, how deep and how long the love of God is, then you'll know the love of Christ. Amen. And as you know this, you will be filled with the fullness of God. The fullness of God will manifest in your life. And that's what we want to see. That's what I am receiving every day. The fullness of God manifesting in my life. God loves you. God cares for you. If we must just summarize everything. It's very simple. It says this. The love of God has been commanded towards you in that He gave His Son for you while you were a sinner. Amen. While you were a sinner, he gave his life for you and you were justified. While you still had sin, you were justified. Just as if you have never sinned and blessed according to the obedience of a man who's never sinned. That's justification. While you were a sinner. Now that is too great. I like the way T.B. Joshua says that's too lofty for a carnal mind. That's too high for a man that's works orientated. That is just too high It's heavenly language. It's too high for someone that says oh, by my works I must be justified. The moment you hear that everything in your system will just go Whoa oh, no, that cannot be. Can-? It is. It's the truth. It's what sets you free. Amen. It's the unconditional love of God. It's called the love of God being commanded towards us while we're sinners. Let this be shed abroad in your heart. Let this be shed abroad in what you uh, your relationship with God. And then you will find out of that, your hope will not be deferred. You'll have confidence. You will walk in this world with your head held high. You will say, man, I am the righteousness of God. I'm the blessed of God. To me, it doesn't matter what people say about um, this ministry, if it's going to grow or not or whatever. I know it's going to grow. It's growing. It will grow forevermore because of God's unconditional love. Amen. Now, I want us to pray together. Maybe you just say, this is just too much for me. I just need... Or maybe so say, hallelujah. Man, I want to pray for you that this will just be established more in your heart and we're also going to pray for the sick. If you've got any sickness in your body, I want to tell you there's healing for you according to the Bible. There's healing for you according to the finished work of Jesus Christ and you are set free by His unconditional love. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person that's tuned in here today. I thank you that they are the blessed of God. I thank you that they prosper. I thank you that they understand this message of unconditional love. And may this message just find such a depth in their understanding. May they just say, Thank you, my God, that you have enriched me. Thank you, my God, for this message. I speak a spirit of revelation. Revelation knowledge in the goodness of God over them. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love for them. I want you to just meditate on his goodness right now. Just think of his love for you. Just think of his grace. Oh, your love is so great. We are conquerors already. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, I also want to bring every person that's got sickness before you. And I want to bring your sacrifice upon the cross before them. And from that perspective, I just stretch forth my hand. If you've got sickness in your body, man, just stretch forth your hand towards the screen of your computer or put it where the sickness is. And I'm going to just pray the prayer of faith. You will be healed today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak your healing power, my God. I say, be healed. Every sick person, you are healed right now by the glorious touch of God. You are healed. All pain disappear. All cancer. I say, you are are healed now by the awesome power, the glorious anointing of God. People in the spirit, I can just see such an awesome glow of radiant fire just over people. I see it. Thank you, my God, for healing people right now. Back problems, arthritis, neck problems, eyesight, deaf ears, whatever. People are healed now in the awesome power of God. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you that you've tuned into this session. I just believe that you're going to be blessed in Web Church. Now, from next year, we're going to have. Um, you, if you want to watch the Web Church, you'll have to become a member. Or you'll have to get a visitor's code to watch this. And uh, man, just pray for us. We just want to get this whole thing established. We're still busy with a website, um, having people to write this website. It is a little bit complicated to get everything done. uh, But thank you that you pray for us about that. And uh, thank you that you've just watched. I do believe that your life is impacted by this. Man, go and tell somebody about this website. Forward this to some people. Tell them. It is so easy for somebody to... Uh, log into this, just before the session, just send them a short email, just say, I want you to watch this message, and they can slot in and watch it, and you know it's not condemnation, it's the love of God, and people can really be touched by this, you can easily, do the work of an evangelist, um, via the web, by inviting people to listen to these messages, on Sundays, now remember this is archived, under, under, Web Church, so if you want to, the archive is not on the main page, you go to Web Church and under Web Church you'll find Sunday services and then you go in there and you'll find the archive where we started to um, put this down. So you can even download it there, there'll be an audio, you can just download the audio which is a much smaller file, you can watch it online there, tell people about it, forward this, link to people, just do the work of an evangelist, Amen. Thank you and God bless you.